Section 22 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian Keenan. Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1, Section 22. To the Reverend Mr. M.R., May 2, 1776. Reverend and dear brother, Yesterday I preached at B's Chapel to a crowded and attentive audience. Afterward the Methodists held their love feast, during which as many as pleased rose, one after another, and spoke, in few words, of the goodness of God to their souls. Before three had done speaking, although they spoke but few words, you might see a solemn sense of the presence of God visible on every countenance, while tears of sorrow or joy were flowing from many eyes. Several testified to the consolation they had received. Some believed they were perfected in love. When the passions of the people were rising too high, and breaking through all restraint, the preacher gently checked them by giving out a few verses of a hymn. When most of the congregation went away, some were so distressed with a sense of their sins that they could not be persuaded to leave the place. Some lively Christians stayed with them, and continued in prayer for the space of two hours, till fifteen mourners were enabled to rejoice in God their Saviour. And some careless creatures of the politer sort, who would needs go in to see what this strange thing meant, felt an unusual power, so that, like Saul among the prophets, they fell down on their knees, and cried for mercy among the rest. Oh, may they still continue to pray, till God has given them another heart. May 3, 1776 Last night three or four score of my neighbors met together to keep a watch-night, at which it is the custom to spend three or four hours in religious exercises, and to break up at twelve. Such was the distress of those that were convinced of sin, that they continued in prayer all night, until two hours after sunrise. Here also fourteen or fifteen received a sense of pardon, so that in two days thirty of my own parish have been justified, besides others of other parishes. Indeed, I do not take it for granted that all are justified who think they are so. Some, I fear, are mistaken. But I shall judge better of this when I see the fruits. May 7, 1776 The work of God still increases among us. I believe within these eight days more than forty here have been filled with joy and peace in believing. Of these I have had an account, but there may be many more. And several who have been justified some time believe God has blessed them with perfect love. I have no doubt but the work now carrying on is genuine. Yet there were some circumstances attending it which I disliked, such as loud outcries, tremblings, fallings, convulsions. But I am better reconciled, since I read President Edwards on that head, who observes, that wherever these most appear there is always the greatest and the deepest work. There is another thing which has given me much pain, the praying of several at one and the same time. Sometimes five or six, or more, have been praying all at once, in several parts of the room, for distressed persons. Others were speaking by way of exhortation, so that the assembly appeared to be all in confusion, and must seem to one at a little distance more like a drunken rabble 
than the worshippers of God. I was afraid this was not doing all things in decency and order. Indeed, Dr. Edwards defends this also. But yet I am not satisfied concerning it. I had heard of it, but never saw it till Sunday evening. But this is a delicate point. It requires much wisdom to allay the wild, and not damp the sacred fire. The first appearance of anything of the kind at my chapel was last Saturday night. I was not there, but a young man who studies at my house was. He is grave, prudent, and solidly religious, without the least tincture of enthusiasm. He met the society there in the afternoon, and would have returned home, but that many who were in great distress begged him and some others to stay and pray with them. They continued in prayer the whole night, during which about twelve were set at liberty. But notwithstanding all they could do, there were often two, three, or more, speaking at one time. I heard of this the next day, when I was at church, and hastened thence to the chapel. Some hundreds were assembled there, and were in much confusion when I went in. I went into the pulpit, and began to sing, adding short exhortations and prayers. The confusion ceased, several spirits were revived, and some mourners comforted. Since that evening, this kind of confusion has never been known in my neighborhood. It continued longer in other places, but for some time has been totally gone. But as this abated, the work of conviction and conversion usually abated too. Yet, blessed be God, it still goes on, though not with such rapidity. I have heard but of two or three that found peace for three weeks, whereas some time ago, seldom a week passed, but I could hear of eight or nine, sometimes between twenty and thirty at one meeting. I have chiefly spoken of what was done in my parish, but that you may know a little of what was done elsewhere, I subjoin an extract from the letters of two local preachers in the county of Sussex. July 29, 1776 Reverend Sir, with unspeakable pleasure I acquaint you of the glorious revival of religion in our parts. It broke out at our last quarterly meeting, and has since wonderfully spread throughout the circuit. The time seems to be coming, when we shall not need to teach every man his neighbor to know the Lord, for they daily know him, from the least to the greatest, from little children to men of fourscore. Above seven years have I been exhorting my neighbors, but very few would hear. Now, blessed be God, there are few that will not hear. It is no strange thing for two or three to find the Lord at a class meeting. And at a Sunday meeting, although there was no preacher, ten, fifteen, yea, near twenty have been converted. At a place near me, thirty have found the Lord within eight days. It is common with us for men and women to fall down as dead under an exhortation but many more under prayer, perhaps twenty at a time. And some that have not fallen to the earth have shown the same distress, wringing their hands, smiting their breasts, and begging all to pray for them. With these the work is generally quick, some getting through in less than a week, some in two or three days, some in one, two, or three hours. Nay, we have an instance of one that was so indifferent as to leave her brethren at prayers, and go to bed. But all at once she screamed out, under a sense of her lost estate, and in less than fifteen minutes rejoiced in God her Saviour. 
and, blessed be God, many of these retain a sense of his favor. Many, who a few weeks ago were despisers and scoffers, are now happy in the Lord. Many old Christians, who were always full of doubts and fears, now walk in the light of his countenance. Some have a clear witness in themselves that they have given their whole hearts to God. Oh, may God carry on his work among us, until we are all swallowed up in love. T.S. Mr. S. lives twenty-two miles from me. The writer of the following letter, about thirty. July 29, 1776 Reverend Sir, on June the ninth we had a large congregation. I spoke on No Man Can Serve Two Masters. Several appeared to be much distressed, two women in particular. We spent above an hour in prayer for them, and they arose in peace. When we met the class, we suffered all that desired it to stay. The leader only put a question or two to each member. This was scarce ended when the fire of God's love was kindled. Praises hung on the lips of many, and several cried out, What must we do to be saved? Thus it swiftly went on, every now and then one rising with faith in Jesus. Surely this was one of the days of heaven. Such a day I never expected to see in time. While we were met, one I.W. was observed to be looking through the crack of the door, which being opened, he came with it, and, being unable to stand, fell on the floor quite helpless. But in two or three hours he rose and praised a pardoning God, while one of the class who had been justified some time received a blessing greatly superior to anything he had known before. We have reason to believe that on this day fifteen were enabled to believe in Jesus. Saturday, June 15. I was speaking to the class, and one found peace to her soul. Sunday, 16, I spoke from This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith, to four or five hundred people. This was also a day of Pentecost. Convictions seized on numbers, who wrestled with God till their souls were set at liberty. A young woman told me, she heard that many people fell down, and she would come to help them up. This she said in scorn. She came accordingly. The power of God soon seized her, and she wanted helping up herself. But it was not long before the Spirit of Grace helped her, by giving her faith in Christ. We believe twenty souls found peace this day. Oh, may we see many such days! July 7. I spoke to a large congregation. Afterward I was going to give out a hymn, when one was so powerfully struck that he could not hold a joint still, and roared aloud for mercy. I immediately went to prayer, the cries of the people all the time greatly increasing. After prayer, B.T., lately a great opposer, jumped up and began to praise God, with a countenance so altered that those who beheld him were filled with astonishment. Our meeting continued from twelve at noon till twelve at night, during which God raised up about fifteen more witnesses. The Thursday following, six of those who were convinced on Sunday found peace in believing. We hear of many others converted in the neighborhood, several of whom were strong opposers, and some hoary-headed ones who had been strict Pharisees from their youth up. 
Sunday, 21. We had a large and attentive auditory, and the power of the Lord prevailed. The next day I was much tempted to doubt whether I was sent of God to preach or not. I prayed earnestly to the Lord that he would satisfy me, and that he would keep all false fire from among us. Afterward I preached. While I was speaking, a mother and her daughter were so struck with conviction that they trembled every joint. But before I concluded, both found peace. Glory be to God. I am, etc., J.D. God has made examples of several opposers, examples not of justice, but of mercy. Some of them came to the assembly with hearts full of rancor against the people of God, so that, had it been in their power, they would have dragged them away to prison, if not to death. But unexpectedly their stubborn hearts were bowed down, being pierced with the arrows of the Almighty. In a moment they were filled with distress and anguish, their laughter turned into mourning, and their cursing into prayer. And frequently, in less than a week, their heaviness has been turned into joy. Of this sort are several of our most zealous and circumspect walkers at this day. A goodly number of these are rich in this world, yet they are now brought so low that they are willing to be taught by all, and to be the servants of all. A gentleman of this parish, in particular, had much opposed and contradicted. He was fully persuaded that all outward appearances, either of distress or joy, were mere deceit. But as he was walking to his mill, about half a mile from his house, deep conviction fell upon him. The terrors of the Lord beset him round about, and distress and anguish got hold upon him. When he came to the mill and found no one there, he took that opportunity of prostrating himself before God, and of pouring out his soul in his presence. As his distress was great, his cries were loud, and his prayer importunate. The Lord heard him, and set his soul at liberty before he left the place. And the power which came upon him was so great that it seemed as if his whole frame were dissolving. Upon the whole, this has been a great, a deep, a swift, and an extensively glorious work. Both the nature and manner of it have been nearly the same, wherever its benign influence reached. Where the greatest work was, where the greatest number of souls have been convinced and converted to God, there have been the most outcries, tremblings, convulsions, and all sorts of external signs. I took all the pains I could that these might be kept within bounds, that our good might not be evil spoken of. This I did, not by openly inveighing against them in the public assembly, but by private advices to local preachers and others, as opportunity would permit. This method had its desired effect, without putting a sword into the hands of the wicked. Wherever the contrary method has been taken, where these things have been publicly opposed, when they have been spoken against in promiscuous congregations, the effect has always been this. The men of the world have been highly gratified, and the children of God deeply wounded. The former have plumed themselves, as though they were the men who kept within due bounds, and those that had made so much ado about religion were no better than hot-brained enthusiasts. I cannot but think this has a great tendency to hinder the work of God. Indeed, if we thought that God wrought everything irresistibly, we should not fear this. 
but we know the contrary. We know that as some things promote, so others hinder his work. I grant means should be used to prevent all indecency, but they should be used with great caution and tenderness, that the cure may be effected, if possible, without damping the work of God. With regard to the inward work, there has been a great variety as to the length and depth and circumstances of the convictions in different persons, but all in general have been at first alarmed with a sense of the multitude and heinousness of their sins, with an awful view of the wrath of God, and certain destruction if they persisted therein. Hence they betook themselves to prayer, and, as time permitted, to the use of all other means of grace. Although deeply sensible of the vileness of their performances, and the total insufficiency of all they could do to merit the pardon of one sin, or deserve the favor of God. They were next convinced of their unbelief, and that faith in Christ is the only condition of justification. They continued thus waiting upon the Lord, till he spoke peace to their souls. This he usually did in one moment, in a clear and satisfactory manner, so that all their griefs and anxieties vanished away and they were filled with joy and peace in believing. Some indeed have had their burdens removed, so that they felt no condemnation, and yet they could not say they were forgiven. But they could not be satisfied with this. They continued instant in prayer, till they knew the Lamb of God had taken away their sins. Most of these had been suddenly convinced of sin, but with some it was otherwise. Without any sense of their guilt, they were brought to use the means of grace by mere dint of persuasion, and afterward they were brought by degrees to see themselves, and their want of a Saviour. But before they found deliverance, they have had as deep a sense of their helpless misery as others. One in my parish was a remarkable instance of this. He was both careless and profane to a great degree, and remained quite unconcerned, while many of his companions were sorrowing after God or rejoicing in his love. One of his acquaintance advised him to seek the Lord. He said, I see no necessity for it as yet. When I do, I will seek him as well as others. His friend persuaded him to try for one week, watching against sin, and going by himself every day. He did so, and though he was quite stupid when he began, yet before the end of the week he was thoroughly sensible of the load of sin and is now happy in God. If you ask, how stands the case now with those that have been the subjects of the late work? I have the pleasure to inform you, I have not heard of any one apostate yet. It is true, many, since their first joy abated, have given way to doubts and fears, have had their confidence in God much shaken, and have got into much heaviness. Several have passed through this, and are now confirmed in the ways of God. Others are in it still, and chiefly those over whom Satan had gained an advantage by hurrying them into irregular warmth, or into expressions not well guarded. I have seen some of these in great distress, and just ready to cast away hope. I have a great deal upon my hands at present, and have little time either to write or read. The difficulties and temptations of the lately converted are so many and various, that I am obliged to be in as many places as I can, for now is the critical hour, 
a man of zeal, though with little knowledge or experience, may be an instrument of converting souls. But after they are converted, he will have need of much knowledge, much prudence and experience, to provide proper food and physic for the several members, according to their state, habit, and constitution. This, at present, seems in a great measure to devolve upon me. And though I have been twenty years in the Lord's service, yet I find I am quite unequal to the task. However, I will do what I can, and may the Lord bless my endeavors. The enemy is busy night and day in sowing the tares of division among the wheat, and in some places he has prevailed so far as to plunge some of them in the water. In other places little feuds and animosities arise to grieve the preachers and damp the spirits of the people. On these occasions they commonly apply to me, and all is well, at least for a season. When I consider what it is to watch over souls, and how much labor and pains it implies to discharge it in any degree, I cannot but cry out with the Apostle, Who is sufficient for these things? However, upon the whole, things are in as flourishing a condition as can reasonably be expected, considering what great numbers, of various capacities and stations, have been lately added to the societies. But after all, a great part of Virginia is still in a very dark and deplorable condition. This province contains sixty-two counties, and the late work has reached only seven or eight of them. Nor has it been universal even in these, but chiefly in the circuit which is regularly visited by the preachers. In this alone very many hundreds have in a few months been added to the Lord, and some are adding still. May he continue to pour out his Spirit upon us, and increase the number of the faithful every day. Our highest gratitude is due to our gracious God, for he hath done marvelous things. In a short time he hath wrought a great work, and let who will speak against it, it is evident beyond all contradiction, that many open and profligate sinners of all sorts have been effectually and lastingly changed into pious, uniform Christians, so that every thinking man must allow that God hath been with us of a truth, and that his glory dwells in our land. I am your sincere friend and brother in Christ, September 10, 1776, D.J. to Mr. T.R. End of section 22. Recording by Brian Keenan.